They're going to win it on a Sunday morning in April. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this Italian football podcast. Napoli are one big step closer to getting their hands on the Serie A title after match day 31. We're here to talk through all of the action and look ahead at when they are going to finally get their hands on the trophy. I'm Connor Clancy, your host. I've got three friends with me. A very sleepy and tired, rubbing his eyes, Ewan Burns. Hello, Ewan. Hi, everybody. Wow. Yeah. You okay? Yeah, I've, I've just spent all my energy on that now. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it, but I can, I can tell you. I, did it. <laughs> hmm, I, can, I can really see how tired you are. And it's, <laughs> it's unsettling me. Kev Bogzelski is also here. Say good evening, Kev. Good evening, everybody. How are you? I nearly said good evening. I'm, I'm good. You know, I, I predicted week 32, so Napoli go and win the title and my, uh, my, my statistical modelling worked. It did. Well, uh, so well, quite happy. well, wait. Still, anytime I might have a thing or two to say about that. And remember, Inter as well. Mm. Not e- even better, even better that my modelling said that they'd win it on 32 if Juve got their points back, which also or <laughs> got their points sus- deduction yeah, suspended. Good. Uh, which also happened this week. It did. Well done. Do you want to, What do you want? I don't know. I'll have a. I'll have a beer off. Burns, he'll give you one when you're off on his next week for a week. Oh, for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 for, <laughs> up in the dark. Yeah, he wants a beer. But anyway, you're getting a bed for a week off, Burns. Kev, so take it. We've also got Vito Doria here with us. Vito, hello. How are you keeping? I'm all right, Connor. I'm on the opposite spectrum of. Um, Burnsy though he looks like he's worn out. Whereas I'm trying to wake up. <laughs> you look full of life, Vito. Ah, well, yeah. At least physically, I'm all right. Maybe in my mind, maybe another <laughs> coffee will fix it up. <laughs> it's necessary. It is necessary, guys. We are here to talk about, well, mostly I would imagine Juve Napoli because that was the last game on Sunday, and it, it put Napoli just. One weekend away from getting their hands on their first Scudetto since 1990 and the first Scudetto in their history without Diego Maradona in their side. The match day 31 games kicked off on Friday. Verona beat Bologna 2-1. Then on Saturday, we had three games. Salernitana beat Sassuolo 3-0. In one of the oddest results of the weekend, Torino beat Lazio 1-0 at the Olimpico in Rome. Sam Spezia finished 1-1. And then on Sunday, Inter beat Empoli 3-0 away. Monza beat Fiorentina 3-2. Udinese beat Cremonese 3-0. Milan beat Lecce 2-0. Sorry, Rafael Liao beat Lecce 2-0. And then a late, late Giacomo Raspadori strike for Napoli. Saw them beat Juventus and go just, well, one win and a bit of help from Inter away from getting the title wrapped up. We've still got Atalanta-Roma to come on Monday evening, so we won't be talking about that in this podcast. Oh, Kev, there's only one place to start, isn't there? And it's in Naples, kind of, but we've got to talk about Napoli, don't we? Because they beat Juventus in dramatic fashion, in late fashion, in exhilarating fashion after a not-so-exhilarating game, but they're so close now. Yeah, I'd, I'd started drifting off from the game, you know, about half an hour to go and then sort of gone a bit. It, it sparked into life again towards the towards the end of the contest. Um, it feels it feels as important for them to sort of 
get over the disappointment of going out in the Champions League. But um, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to do it now. You know, Salernitana just to, to get over and uh, this time next week after, I suspect, Lazio drop points into Naples is not going to be a quiet place. <laughs> well, that's the, that is the situation that awaits us now. So I'm, I'm sure everybody listening will have heard through whatever commentator they were listening to. But now Napoli need to win at home to Salernitana on Saturday, the 29th of April. And if Lazio then don't win away at Inter in the early Sunday match, the lunch match, the title is Napoli's. Like, it's it's theirs. It's done. It's They can start to properly celebrate now because nobody's catching them at this point. But Vito... The game against Juventus, it it didn't always look like it was going to go Napoli's way, did it? No, especially when they had um, the when Juventus, sorry, had those two goals disallowed. You thought that uh, it was going to be a classic Juventus victory and that they would uh, uh, get the three points, but then VAR decisions disallowed both goals, and then Raspadori with a stunning strike secured an unlikely victory in Turin. You and you were watching this and preparing an article that was then absolutely destroyed. Ripped from me. <laughs> like, usually, we've, we've got a way of doing things that a late goal doesn't usually destroy everything in an article. This was one of those rare occasions where you couldn't publish anything that you had written. <laughs> Yeah, occasionally you, you do just have to take the risk, and it it didn't work. <laughs> um, a, a late goal in the, in the other direction would have would have been fine for for what, it was just that specific scenario that I didn't need to happen. Um, I will say you did you did still try and push forward with the original plan. Well, I was I was that beyond the pale. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna, this isn't even slightly finished. I might just hit publish anyway. It's not even it's not even full time. <laughs> I don't usually have to step in, but I did then, and I was like, no. Do not publish well, what, something along those lines now. What I said to you is that any other day, I don't need this today. <laughs> Does this therefore colour Ewan's view on the controversial VAR decision? Because he would have very much wanted Juventus to score. Well, if you wait until Monday morning, Kev, you'll see a piece from Ewan Burns about Juventus. So maybe that, those will be covered in, <laughs> in that. That's how mixed it all was, is that them scoring would have been more helpful for me in an article sense, but also in a football sense, I didn't want that to happen. So I was just hideously mixed the whole time. We've we've got to talk about the, the significance of this result, though, right? We'll get into the VAR and all of that in a bit. But Vito, Napoli have now won. Napoli have now done the Serie A double over Juventus. For the fourth time in their history. The last time they did it was 2009-10. Before that it was 86-87. And then before that it was 57-58. Like, that's a little subplot to this weekend's matches that I think is probably being overlooked. And understandably so. But any other season, for Napoli to do a double over Juventus, that's almost season-defining. But now it's just kind of a forgotten detail of what's going to be one of the best seasons in their history. Yeah, it seems to be ignored because, well, one thing is that Juventus have looked uh, below their standard, and then you've got Napoli, who've just played well above expectations, and most of the performances have been exhilarating. So 
I think probably by the end of this campaign, one of the things we will remember, aside from beating particular opponents, is the fact that they've managed to win with such a significant lead. It's it's a remarkable lead that they've got at the top there, Kev. Somebody um, mentioned on Twitter, it was I'm sure it was one of the, the British broadcast commentators, that it's five years and a day yeah. from that last minute Kulabali goal when they should. Uh, I thought it was, I didn't want to, in case I got it wrong, I didn't want to <laughs> say it was him, but I, 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 was, I was sort of 50% there that I thought it was him. But, you know, it, again, they should have won the league that year. You know, I remember I was sat in a, on a golf resort in Portugal and I, I made the local bar sort of turn it on for me to, to watch the game and just sort of assume that Napoli would go on to win the league that year and kind of, um, you know, just didn't do it, did they? They lost against Fiorentina, they wasn't crumbled. it? And just sort of threw it they away. They crumbled at Fiorentina, mm. which, which does plant the little seed in my mind. Could Salernitana beat them next week and just make it a little bit more interesting, just draw this whole thing out a little bit more? I think if they lost today, I could have seen them. I was I was looking at this. I was looking at this day, and I was thinking, no, they can't. There was so much sort of disappointment around midweek for them that I was thinking, could they? And I was looking. I think no, numbers. The numbers are just are just crazy. And actually, when you look at it, other teams have done this. They've they've won the league, but they've just you know, Guardiola had issues with his Bayern Munich sides that used to just kind of win the league at a canter, and then you just get that sort of natural drop off. Your focus goes elsewhere, and then where you put your focus, which is often Champions League in these scenarios, that doesn't come off for you and you just sort of, you kind of just stumble over the line, but you're always going to get over the line. So I think if they'd lost they'd lost tonight, I think I'd I'd, I'd probably argue that they'd go and smash the Lernatana, whereas now they've won tonight, then I can, I can see them going and drawing, you know, having a really sort of just a dour game and it'll be sort of nil-nil, it'll be 1-1. They've struggled for goals of late. They, they did struggle, didn't they, Ewan? And it was the same on Sunday in Turin. Like, they weren't anywhere near their best. There was a stat in the first half where they had over 60% of the ball and not a shot on target. Like, they were fine until they got into the final third, and then they were just pretty rotten. Like, they couldn't do anything. I thought Chucky Lozano was particularly poor when it came to the final decision. Faracelia as well just wasn't at his usual self. Ossiman was trying, but just didn't have the the right service into him and we've got to give credit to Juventus for that don't we because not many teams have been able to nullify Napoli this season Milan did it brilliantly a couple of others here and there Lazio um that might be it and other than that Juventus are, are, are in that category and they will probably feel a little bit hard done by to have not taken the the win from this yeah there was there was quite a few moments pretty much up until maybe the last like 20 minutes where it all went a bit mad where it, it did feel like you were just watching the same Napoli from the Milan games and the the Verona game that there wasn't a great deal of change I think that there, there was a moment that probably would have changed the game completely where I think it was still, still the first half where Gradatskelia should have been played in by I think it was Lozano yeah and he, that was... and he wasn't and he, he almost certainly would have scored if he'd been played in that position. And then suddenly it's a completely different game of football then. Um, but what was quite commendable from a UA perspective is that it, it genuinely felt like first versus third in a league where it's close <laughs> at the top. It just felt like a big game between two very good teams that were quite literally cancelling each other out pretty much all over the pitch, especially in front of goal. Um, and, and then it all went a bit more 
what we kind of expect from this season towards the end. It just went mad. I've just been made aware of a clip by going onto Twitter of one of the incidents that some at Juventus were unhappy about. And they had two disallowed goals. Um, the Chiesa one, where Chiesa, well, not the Chiesa one, sorry, the. Who finished that one? Vlaovic. Vlaovic, was Vlaovic. That? The Vlaovic one where Chiesa pulled it back, but the ball had gone out of play or seemed to have gone out of play before it was pulled back. Nobody's complaining about that one. People are complaining about the deflected Di Maria one because Eric Milik was deemed to have fouled. It was Labodka, wasn't it? Way down the other end of the pitch before they broke. But then there was an incident where Juan Cuadrado went down in the area um, running into Juan Jesus' leg. And there's a clip where the camera zooms in on the referee and the ball goes away and the ref just looks at him and goes like, with, with the double hand, like I saw him do something. What do you want me to do about that? I wonder if he was doing that. The the, the international diving symbol. <laughs> no, it's it's very much so. Everybody knows the the Italian hand symbol that yeah. everybody likes to use incorrectly as an emoji. Well, I had a discussion with someone about this before, and there's like there's a couple of different levels to this, right? You get the one hand, which is like, what are you talking about? The two hands is. What are you talking about? <laughs> what, and then when you get you the, like, to me? In, the prayer symbol being moved back and forth, it's what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so it was the referee was very much doing the middle of those two there. Um, but Kev, have Juventus got a leg to stand on in being unhappy about any of the decisions? The uh, the the, the first, oh yeah, I'm gonna say first one, it must be the first one. Um, for the Di Maria goal, I think that you know, the thing that really sort of makes it look worse than it is, is the slow motion. Because even on slow motion, there's, there's, there's a second between the, you know, the two players' feet, legs, sort of briefly touching, but Milik clearly gets a bit of the ball. And it, you know, it's, it's like one earlier, um, earlier in the day that we'll, we might speak about, which is um, Hernandez, Tio Hernandez went down from Milan. But you know, there, was, there was like a fraction of a second where legs meet but the person gets enough on the ball and when you're watching it in real time it's 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 a it's a millisecond that they the, the two players make contact before the player gets the ball and it's a bit different if if they stop them significant you know a significant like a step before they get to the ball because i can understand that stepping across someone and stopping them getting the ball is a foul but not at that speed and not at that sort of closeness of proximity you know, because Millet gets enough on the ball. I think the the thing, if you do watch it in real time, that makes you think initially that it's probably a foul is the Labotka roll, and also that Millet is dived, kind of dived in. He he slid in, dived in. Probably makes it sound worse than it was. He slid in to get the ball, but I think he gets enough of it, and it's timing wise, it's such a fraction of a second that their their legs touch that it's not a foul. I see. I I don't know where I stand on it because there's there's one angle where I think, oh, well, he's definitely got the ball first. And then there's another angle where I think, oh, he's definitely not got the ball at all. <laughs> so I think it's it's a difficult one to call. I can understand why it was given as a foul, but then if it's not clear, I don't really know. I don't know anything anymore, to be perfectly honest with you. But we'll we'll have plenty of time to talk about Napoli when they inevitably get their hands on the title. Really pleased for Jack Raspadori to get that goal because when he came on, a couple of people were saying, oh, look, he's not, he's not scored. What was his last goal? Was for Italy against England, and then before that was the Champions League group stage. Like he, he started the season really well and then fell off a bit. So for him to get a goal like that is just brilliant. But I think it's probably best if we move on. And where shall we 
go? Should we go to Inter or should we go to Milan? What do you think? I think Inter might be more interesting today. Inter might be more interesting mm. today, Bernsey. Why is that? Well, they both... He says they're very monotone. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Inter, yeah. Inter might be more on his, interesting today. His head is only being <laughs> yeah. supported by his hand. Yeah, but it's Inter, right? It's All right. To do. <laughs> no, only in the sense that... Lula! Lula's back! Yeah, more specifically, um, Lou. Because... <laughs> you like, have to really... really think because <laughs> there's a U so soon in Lautaro, I got, I got yeah. for a second. And there's two A's in Lukaku. Um, but yeah, Lukaku. Oh. Um, he was just... He wasn't like incredible or anything, but he there, there, were, there was more than just the two goals where he did look like him, like the, the him that we know kind of thing. There was a few times where he sort of bombed down the channel with the ball, but, where he's tried it a few times this season since he came back, and he'll sort of get 10 yards and then check back because he, he just didn't seem to have the legs. But I, f- I feel like his, his fitness must have hit a point now where I think I think we will start to see more frequently things that we recognise as being him. Well, he's he's desperate to stay there now, isn't he? Well, yeah, you'd think. Um, Vito actually wrote about this um, on total-talionfootball.com. Um, <laughs> so you can go and read... His his words about Lukaku, which are largely to the to the same effect. I, I actually Sorry. I actually saw Vito. I really wish you hadn't done through. that in that stupid voice. <laughs> we we do need to tell people the name of the website. So can you do it again properly and then continue with what you were saying? Vito wrote about this on Live and it's football dot com. Um, and I, I I saw a moment in after after Lukaku had scored one goal and it, cause Inter didn't play very well. Um, there was a moment after Lukaku scored one goal where I think Vito's headline was along the lines of. Like Lukaku's goal shouldn't override the fact that he's not been good, kind of thing. Like it, it's a one-off goal, kind of thing. So tell me if I'm wrong, Vito, but that, I think from memory that's how I saw the headline. But then when he scored again, it, it got changed to be like that it could be a launch pad, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I don't know about tweet, but I reckon in my article I was writing the article like you just said that we shouldn't be getting carried away. But once it got to Tuni, I thought. Yeah, yeah, Lukaku's back and he's got to keep this up. <laughs> he did the second one. I thought, I wonder what Vito might do now. <laughs> and I had a look and you'd, you'd been proactive and already changed it. <laughs> yeah. How quickly our opinions change, eh? <laughs> oh, yes. It's not a great reflection of what goes on, is it? It shows that there's thought going but, but, <laughs> but it's always good to look back on your notes like from like matching you know, while you're watching a game. Because you do, you kind of forget how bad you thought someone was, and then like you, you leave a stadium or something, and you think, oh yeah, they were great. I took a note today, yes. and I know it's one of those get things that I, I will look back at if if I find this team sheet again, and I'll know exactly what I was talking about. Because sometimes something happens in a match, whereas it's just like a touch, and there's no way to like concisely put it onto a piece of paper other than saying like that touch in caps and there was a, a turn today i i don't know what they're called you know when the player like stands on the ball and does the little like woo 
pirouette thing. Wasn't it Maradona? Oh, was it Maradona? Was it? Was it? I think I know it's the Zidane. Mar- where yeah. he, like, t- right. Touch, yeah. touch roll. You're, yeah. You're a different era. You're a different era. We called it a Maradona at school, but then I grew up in the <laughs> I 80s. I know so. it as a Zidane one uh, as well. You both put those forward. Oh, okay, yeah. 30-year-old um, claiming his youth. 29. <laughs> 20, no, Brenzy and I, both, both in our 20s, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you are You are in your 30s. We discussed that before uh, the pod. Uh, both in our 20s. You are you are in your thirties. But anyway, year. there was there you was a moment today where year. someone did a turn, and I just I, I I wrote it down as that turn, and I know exactly what you mean by looking back on the notes and, and remembering those little details like that. But I can't remember what we were talking about here. Lula being back, Lautaro getting a goal is big as well. But how big is anything that Inter do at the moment? Because it's all just about the Champions League for them now, Vita. Uh, undoubtedly. When you compare this performance or the previous Serie A performances to what they've done in the Champions League, they just look so much better playing in Europe. They just defend well. They know how to limit the space for the opposition. And the way they hit in the count in those Champions League games, uh, they just look so slick. And Nicola Barella, it's like Serie A, he's just looked so lethargic and uh, unenergetic. But in the Champions League, he, he puts his heart in. He runs like a rabbit. His touches on the ball are superb, and he scores goals. Whereas here, it's more that uh, Lukaku just had to show some individual quality to get them over the line. He runs like a rabbit. Yeah, that's uh, another <laughs> saying. <laughs> Is that one? <laughs> Guys, I am, I'm really tired well, as well. There's a song, <laughs> isn't there? Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair point. Very fair point. Yeah, they hop. Don't they? What? Well, they do they hop or they do they skip? Yeah, I wouldn't say they, they run, run, do they? They don't. We've got well yeah. Off, uh, look, topic. the two more responsible people here are really tired, and Kev, you can't be trusted. So, well, no, because I I I knew exactly when you were typing about you and breathing <laughs> what was coming, what was coming on the chat. I was just waiting. I was just waiting for it because I, I, I could hear him falling asleep into his mind. I couldn't mic. work out if it was you or him. But then I thought, no, it's oh, definitely him because look at it. His head is lying on the mic. Brenzy. <laughs> I thought I was muted and I was just <laughs> sat here panting. <laughs> just trying to be awake. <laughs> it was awful. Listeners, apologies about that. <laughs> Brenzy will now be watching out for his disgusting breathing for the rest of the podcast. Um. Ewan, have you got anything to contribute about this game? Um, no, other than, as I briefly mentioned, like, yes, they won. Did it in 3-0 in the end? It did, didn't it? Um, was it 2-0 or 3-0? I've genuinely forgotten. But <laughs> it was 3-0. Um, like, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a 3-0 game, I wouldn't say. Um, Empoli had a few moments. It was a sort of game. But Baldanzi in the first half was really, really good. Um, and it, it, it could have gone a different way, that kind of game. It, it, just, it just sort of... They, they, Lukaku took the chances when they came, basically, and that was the difference. Raphael Leao took the chances for Milan as well. He he missed one, but then he very much made amends with a, a header, which is odd. Like, Can anyone here remember seeing Raphael Leao score a header at any other point in his time in Italy? Because I can't. Nope. Okay. There were, there were some quotes from him, actually. about He said after the game that Pioli's wanted him to work on that. 
they, they, I think they, they've kind of identified that that's that's the next bit of his game that is that needs to be built upon is that he doesn't score headers. Um, so everyone should be quite scared. Do you think they care? I saw I saw that quote and it's like it, yeah it just feels They're like fit, somebody, they, so. someone's gone oh are you are you, wor- are you working anymore on your headers and then you go uh, yeah yeah the manager really wants me to work on my headers so yeah we've been working on headers it's like surely surely you you must be working on headers although there is um, you know for the younger age groups they're now starting to stop you doing headers Ooh, but, he's um, yelling at a cloud with what he does with his feet <laughs> yeah he is yelling at a cloud you're right yeah, 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 it yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to a well, player no, last the, season. The science does play, about, so you shouldn't anyway. I spoke to a player last season about a headed goal celebration, right? Because there was a header scored, and the whole team ran over to the coach, pointing at the scorer's head. And this was because coming into the season, the coach singled out four players, two of them being center forwards, and said, if any of you score with your head this season, I'll take the whole team out for dinner every time you do it. So... Maybe there's something like that going on, and then you get that little extra motivation to be like, "Ha up you!" But generally speaking, yeah, I don't think they care about those kind of statistics, particularly because Leao's not a striker. You know, it's it's not like he's getting on the end of crosses all the time. More often than not, he's putting them in or waiting for a cross to be kind of half cleared to the edge of the box and then pouncing on it from there. But Kevin's second goal was good, wasn't it? He just did what he did to Napoli but finished it himself this time. So I, I put a tweet out that this oh. was one of the more... So, so, okay, so this stuff... Are? Oh, I don't know. Um, age, upbringing, who knows. <laughs> um, <laughs> kept in a basement till I was 12 and fed fish heads. I don't two, know. Two of the answers <laughs> I was looking for there. <laughs> um no, so this this began in midweek. So um, in the Europa League, no Conference League, Declan Royce. I I just saw on Twitter Declan Royce has run from his own half and he's got into the box and he scored. And then I was so underwhelmed that he ran literally in a straight line with a, a couple of people following him but not really attacking him because I hear ran from their own half and scored and I picture Messi against Getafe, Maradona against George. George 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 Ware yeah, yeah. against George Ware against Kievo, wasn't it? And, and and but then these two that have just come in quick succession, the Liao one, it's just pure pace with and nobody bad. And there's a well, is there a skill in that? There's you know natural athleticism in that, but you know it, it's it was such a kind of a direct goal, but he did finish it wonderfully. Arguably, the finish was sixty percent of what made that goal look so great because the run was fairly uninterrupted, should we say, by the um, Lecce players. Are people just afraid to try and tackle Leo though? <laughs> because they're going to get made a show of. Maybe one sort of, because he, he kind of jinked and one looked like they were about to go and engage him and they just didn't engage him. Again, you almost wanted them to engage him because he probably would have hurled it over it and it would have, you know, have added another little bit of, you know, excellence to the goal. But, it, but again, it, you are, it's that fear factor that people just don't want That's... to touch him. And as soon as he got into the box, when someone probably would have challenged him, was when he took the shot off quite earlier. That's where really. his strength comes in, though, isn't it? Because he, like we know that he's really good at dribbling. That's that's fine. But the the issue is that you you can't muscle him off the ball either. Like even once he slows down, and somebody tries to barge him off the ball, he, he just palms them. It it's just yeah. he's got he's got every element of dribbling basically. What are the other elements of dribbling? Speed, agility, balance. Of yeah, balance. And then strength, if you've got it. 
you don't always need the strength. If you can do the other one so well that no one gets near you, it doesn't matter. Um, but he's got it all anyway. So Interesting dynamic around. It was right about now, listeners, that unknown to us at the time, we experienced a, a still unknown technical problem during the recording. So unfortunately, this is where this week's podcast ends. We will be back during the week for subscribers over at patreon.com slash total Italian football. We'll have the women's football podcast with you on Tuesday. And then we will have the usual setting up preview podcast on Friday, looking ahead to what could well be the decisive weekend in this season's Serie A title race. You can sign up over there for as little as two euro a month and you get so much content for that two euro a month as well. There are also five and ten euro tiers available if you would like to support us just that little bit more. Any support you can give us is so very much appreciated, particularly at this point of the season when there are I mean, there's about four podcasts most weeks. There's extra content as well. And it's all done for patrons for as little as two year old month. So please do consider supporting us if you can. Hopefully the technical issues will be ironed out by tomorrow. We're still trying to work out what happened there because we didn't realize it until this morning during editing, unfortunately. So apologies again, listeners, for the shorter than usual podcast. But rest assured, we will be back and we will find some sort of solution if the usual means don't work. So we will speak to you then. Patrons, talk to you tomorrow. Everybody else, talk to you next weekend when Napoli might already be champions of Italy. Take care. We will speak to you very, very soon.